episode 25 and welcome to New Jersey. That's right, I'm your host Jeff Taylor, just a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan who created a Penguins podcast that I've always been looking for, for the fans. Thank you so much listeners for joining me here. Go throw me a follow on Instagram at FlyPenguinsFly. Today's date is Sunday, December 19th and tonight the Penguins visit my home state, New Jersey, to play the Devils just down the road from me in Newark, New Jersey. Wait a minute. That's just a short subway ride from my house, where I'm recording this podcast. Good thing I've got sweet tickets to the game, courtesy of a dear friend who holds season tickets. Carl, if you're out there, don't worry. I'm not going to tell all of the hockey universe on a publicly available podcast that you provided Penguins fans with prime season ticket seats at the end of the ice where the Devils shoot twice. But seriously, he couldn't go to the game tonight due to work requirements, and I'm exceedingly grateful for the Sweet ticks. Carl, we're getting you on this podcast in February when the Pens make their next trip out to Newark, so get ready. Friday night, the ice was tilted heavily in the Penguins' favor. The Sabres kept it close nonetheless thanks to a tenacious performance from the backup goalie, Buffalo's newly acquired Malcolm Subban. Much was made of a very wild save that he made on what would have been Erod's second of the night, but to me that's kind of all the save really was. It was just kind of a flailing gesture, not particularly a skilled one. Even Subban himself said something to the effect of, quote, I have no idea what my left glove was even doing behind my back. Just kind of a bad habit, I guess, end quote. Look, still high marks to Malcolm Subban for stepping in as Dustin Tokarski was a scratch and Uka Pekalukinen was in goal the previous night for the Sabres. In the end, though, with the game tied at 2-2, a late tripping penalty taken by Jeff Carter in the final minute of the third kind of jumped the bar line, as we say in music into the OT session, so the Penguins start on the PK, that impregnable PK unit, unbeaten over now calendar month, I believe, effortlessly gets four or five consecutive clears, kills off the two-minute minor, Carter comes racing out of the box, and before you know it, it was 77 and 58, cruising down the ice with a two-on-one. What's control off the draw, and they come, tank centers in front, deflected in, they score! It's Jeff Carter, and you can lock the doors and turn out the lights because the Penguins have won this game in overtime. Big Jeff Carter with a big goal, 3-2 the final. Yeah, there's Josh Getzoff with the call on the Penguins Radio Network, always doing a fantastic job. Number 77, Jeff Carter with the goal. Also, the Penguins with 77 shot attempts. Kind of eerie. Great showing by the Pens at home against the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, I was going to talk about Evan Rodriguez, but the goal horn from PPG Paints Arena does mean it's time for me to announce tonight's starting goaltender for your Pittsburgh Penguins will almost certainly be number 35 from British Columbia, Tristan Jari, with some great numbers against the Devils in his last road outings against New Jersey. So expecting good things from the Pens tonight. Now getting back to tonight's game, last night I was able to record a chat with one of my favorite people in hockey, a good friend who can give us a bit of a better perspective on the state of hockey in the Garden State, particularly in the Devil's Locker Room. So without further ado, friend of the podcast, Matt Cass. How are you doing tonight, Matt? Fantastic. It's a pleasure to be on here. Uh, I can't thank you enough for having me on the podcast, and I'm ready to get started. So uh, let's talk some hockey, shall we? 
Absolutely. So I'm basically going to let you steer the ship a little bit. You are a hockey writer with the Metropolitan Riveters, but just let me let you bring us on that ride. Yeah, absolutely. So when I'm not appearing on the podcast, uh, my day job is as a digital copywriter with FOCO. It's a sports merch company based out of Somerset. And uh, if you have a bobblehead, there's a real good chance it came from us. Uh, If you have a face covering with a team logo on it, a Pittsburgh Penguins one or any other one, real good chance it came from us. Uh, And we also sell wholesale to a number of other, you know, sports merch sites on top of the retail that we do. Uh, So it's really cool to be able to write about, you know, teams in all four major U.S. sports leagues here. Uh, And on the side, when I'm not working with FOCO, I'm the team reporter for the Metropolitan Riveters. So uh, my job is basically, you know, game recap stories, previews, features, any stories they need me to write. You know, I'm working on compiling the rest of the team bios now. I'm around the game of hockey, you know, in a number of levels. And uh, aside from that, uh, my first Devils game was when I was two months old. So I've been a, a lifelong Devils fan, literally almost since birth. Incredible. And uh, the Devils, obviously, my introduction to hockey as well, being born and raised in the Garden State. I remember my father had access to some great tickets through his company. My step-grandfather grew up playing field hockey in Holland, and became a massive Rangers fan, but had access to the Devils tickets, so that's what we went and saw. I remember the green in the Devils uniforms as a kid, and I, I kind of miss that. I love when they go back to the throwbacks that include the green in the color scheme. Also very New Jersey. Uh, I know the Devil is kind of like a nod to the New Jersey Devil. Uh, Pine Barrens, beastly uh, uh, overlord of hellaciousness. The green, it's very New Jersey. It's very Garden State Parkway. Uh, throwing tokens from the passenger seat up over the car and into the basket, ching Like we've all, if you've had that experience, then the green in the in, in the old school throwbacks means something to you. I feel. Yeah, it really, it's one of those things that I grew up. You know, in the '90s, I went to Devils games in the '90s. So for me, that like that classic red, white, and black. You know, the CCM pro player. You know, those old jerseys. That's the one I grew up on. But. Uh, you know, I love seeing them bring the, the red, white, and green throwbacks back. I think it's a nice little treat, especially around St. Patrick's Day, you know, when they occasionally used to pull them out, uh, when they went with the reverse retros last year, uh, you know, when they had the the white version of their throwbacks a couple of years ago. You know, it's a great color scheme, and I think no matter which, you know, era of Devils hockey you grew up on, it's a real sharp uh, palette when it comes to the jerseys. Now, you mentioned your work with the PHF, particularly with the Metropolitan Riveters, formerly the New York Riveters. Just before we got on, I was flipping back and forth between a couple of different games, and I started with an NHL game. It was uh, Canes-Kings, and the Canes were just making absolute mincemeat out of the LA Kings. Over to the Connecticut Whale versus the Buffalo Buttes. It was just awesome. The grittiness of it. On one hand, it kind of felt like being in a local rink situation. On the other hand, it's a full-blown ESPN Plus broadcast with great visual and sound production but I just had such a great time watching, and I don't, I don't think I went back to the NHL game. I highly recommend to all the listeners out there, you've got ESPN Plus to watch NHL games. Click over and watch some PHF hockey. It's awesome. Yeah, in fact, uh, the reason I was able to appear on the podcast tonight was uh, we had a couple of games scheduled this weekend. The Riveters did against Boston. A uh, little bit of a COVID outbreak, you know, obviously not different from any other major sports league, you know, that's currently dealing with Delta or Omicron, depending on what it is. Uh, but you know, we're, uh, we're going to make those games up. We got them, you know, postponed and they're getting ready to reschedule them. So I'll just know, uh, when they tell me that's when I'll go to the rink, but, uh, we play 
the Riveters play at Barnabas Health Hockey House in Newark. That's the building attached to the Prudential Center. Uh, tickets are $30, general admission uh, style seating. So you don't select a specific seat, but real right up close to the action, uh, you know, real fan friendly, family friendly. And uh, if anybody's listening to the pod, I, I can't recommend it enough. Go and uh, check out a game. We've got a couple home games coming up and we end the year with, I believe, either four consecutive home games or four of the last six games. And not as a spoiler, but if you haven't checked out the PHF yet, you're going to end up buying some merch because those jerseys are sharp. I'll tell you what, if we move from the Barnabas rink about, what, 700 feet through some concrete, we're on the rink at Prudential Center. And let's let's bring the conversation over there and talk about this matchup between the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, who will be visiting the New Jersey Devils. This is the first rematch of the season after Jesper Bratt capitalized on what I recall was a penalty shot at Sidney Crosby. One of his first games back this season, he shoves Jesper Bratt into the goal, and uh, Bratt does not make a mistake and and tallies the penalty shot. Devils hold on to beat the Penguins, no matter how many Devils fans I talk to lately. Oh, they're in a spiral. Things are horrible. As a Penguins fan, the Devils are the bugaboo number one, most wanted, party-spoiling, parade-raining upon uh, team for the black and gold uh, as of late. So what can we expect as Penguins fans going into Newark for this matchup this weekend? Well, regardless of the final score, you're going to get a team that definitely plays hard. Although I will say the biggest issue that the Devils have experienced as of late, they have not put together a consistent 60-minute effort across a full stretch of games. They'll have a bad stretch in a period. They'll have you know a bad period entirely. And then they might play fire wagon hockey, you know, to catch up and make it a game, but they'll be a goal short, two goals short. Uh, you know, they'll have Winnipeg's a perfect example. A couple of weeks ago, they were down, I believe, three nothing to Winnipeg, uh, reeled off four unanswered, uh, and then lost eight to four because they then allowed five unanswered goals the other way from Winnipeg. That so, is just a heartbreaker. That is a heartbreaker. Yeah, never boring, but uh, certainly more consistency is what you want to see out of the Devils if you're a supporter of the red, white, and black. And, you know, what it really comes down to is a lot of fans, myself included, feel the time is now to make a switch of either the head coach uh, or one or both of the assistants, if not all three together. Uh, One of those assistants is a name that I believe will be very familiar to Penguins fans uh, in terms Uh, of power play. Uh, yes. uh, Mark Recchi is currently the Devils' power play uh, coach. I knew uh, you were going to go there eventually. Yeah. So his power play is now, I believe, definitively bottom five uh, in the league this season. Uh, and as I've seen, as I've heard from Penguins fans, that was not a, uh, a once-off thing. Uh, he had some struggles in Pittsburgh uh, getting a power play together with uh, Crosby and Malkin on it. Uh, It seemed at times that the power play was less of a power play and more of an extended uh, zone entry time. And those habits appear to have continued over uh, across state lines from Pittsburgh into into Newark. So it remains to be seen how much longer he has. Uh, I've heard some industry insiders say the seat might be getting hot for uh, for Lindy Ruff, for Nasruddin, for Recky you know, for all three of them. But again, uh, management has not made any external uh, statements that would seem to indicate that they are thinking, you know, too deeply about this. So that's really what's hurt the Devils is that the the power play has been so 
lifeless, you know, going over the game on a number of occasions that even though their 5v5 play is good statistically and to the eye test and their penalty kill has rebounded from last season, what you're getting is a penalty kill that doesn't just have to be really good. It has to be great. You've got a 5v5 that doesn't have to just be really good. It has to be great to make up for, you know, the power play dragging the momentum down. So that would be something to look for. Uh, special teams are where the Penguins, like I said, on the penalty kill. Uh, New Jersey's let up a number of shorthanded goals this year, too, uh, along with not scoring on the power play uh, to opponents. So a shorthanded goal is certainly not out of the cards. But basically, 5v5, you're going to find that the Devils are probably one of the better 5v5 teams in the league, or certainly at least league average at the, at the very worst. Uh, and the penalty kill, which last year almost single-handedly lost them games in the same way the power play is doing this year, has really gotten much better. In fact, uh, in tonight's game against Detroit, they killed off a five-on-three, uh, which speaks to you know the, the efforts of the penalty kill or penalty kill and the improvement of the penalty kill in putting forward an effort that's been beneficial instead of detrimental to the Devils. The Penguins are no strangers to a slumping power play. Of late, it's looking a lot better. I think we are actually doing very well, very consistently on the power play in the last six games or so. There's also a long history of shared names among the Pittsburgh and New Jersey connection. We've got Tom Fitzgerald was in the house last night to watch his son Caleb's first NHL game, got in a fight with Sam Lafferty after figuring in on a goal himself, so made his parents proud. I think mom was less excited about the fist fight than dad Tom was very proud. Uh, apparently, I heard some kind of stat during the broadcast that Tom was a big Penguins spoiler himself when he played for the Florida Panthers. I think he scored uh, some kind of epic late game playoff goal that ruined uh, ruined ruined the night for the Penguins back in, I think it was 1997. I'll have to check it out myself. So what are your general predictions for this game? See, if I had to guess, my final score would probably be anywhere from 5-3 to 4-2. Uh, I think the Devils will, as they do often in a lot of these games, put up a a solid fight. They'll have anywhere from 40 to 45 minutes of really good, solid, consistent hockey. But you're, I think, going to see kind of a breakdown uh, midway through the game. I would say probably mid to late second period between the 10 minute and five minute mark uh, that they'll probably get back on their heels a little bit. Uh, I think the Penguins will be able to strike quickly twice with two quick goals. Uh, and that'll be where it gets put out of reach, possibly an empty netter, you know, to seal it, to make it uh, that final, you know, 5-3 or 4-2 final score. My feeling on the matter, as somebody who's certainly not an impartial observer, I'm a fan, and I, I don't really claim to say I'm anything more than a Devils fan. I would like to see a change made in terms of coaching, but by the same token, I understand that much like the NHL, you know, deciding whether or not to pause the season, that's out of my control as well. So all I can do is show up and, uh, you know, root for my team. And as much as I'd love to see the Penguins farewell in New Jersey, there's just that little, that little nibbling at my earlobe devil's devil that just comes in and says like, yeah, but you know we're going to put up our one great game against the Penguins. So let's see what happens. I'm excited to go. I will be somewhere down the end of the ice where the Devils shoot twice in my dear friend Carl's sweet season ticket spot about 11 rows back in the corner. So look for a couple of 
black and gold jerseys there if you're watching the broadcast and a puck flies into the crowd. Matt, thank you so much for joining Fly Penguins Fly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be on here. I can't thank you enough for inviting me on the podcast. And uh, best of luck to uh, to you and your birds tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll talk during the game, I'm sure. Absolutely. What a blast it was talking to Matt last night. Some great insights on what we can expect from the Devils and tonight's game in general. Now, Matt described some of the work that he does. I'm going to place some links to some of those things, like his work with FOCO, the Riveters, etc., in the episode description, so be sure to check out Matt's world there. Those links are clickable. That is going to wrap things up for me today on the podcast. Throw me a follow on Instagram, at FlyPenguinsFly. Thank you so much for joining. You can watch tonight's game on AT&T SN in the Pittsburgh area, MSG in the greater New Jersey, New York City metropolitan area, and ESPN Plus everywhere else. One of my favorite ways to tune in when I'm not going to the game as I am tonight is via terrestrial radio or on the web at 105.9 DX FM. Enjoy tonight's game versus the New Jersey Devils. And of course, let's go Pens.